afternoon, this is Craig coming to live from Northrop Mpumalanga, i.e. Handyman Bob. Something I just want to share with you today, something I just want to get out today, something I think will interest you, you'll be interested in. And remember, um, it's come to live, so I just want to sit back, relax, enjoy it, think about it, meditate upon it, receive it, hopefully it will help you. I know a lot of people are going through difficult times, a lot of struggles that are going on at the moment. So a couple things I want to touch on. Um, Celebrate Recovery Africa, the Christ-Centered Recovery Program. So I think we all need to recover from what's been happening with this COVID-19 and everything that we're facing. The other thing I want to look at is 70 times 7, which is finding peace by forgiving others and yourself. Because many times we forget to forgive ourselves and it says yeah, then Peter came to him and said Lord how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times Jesus said to him I do not say to you up to seven times but up to seventy times seven so it's quite a statement <clears throat> but anyway I just want to share with you on today teach us how to pray and understand how to pray in specific areas of ministry. So I just want to share that with you today and run through it. And uh, maybe you can just tell me what you think and give me some feedback. Send me an email at craigcabinet30.gmail.com And for those of you that are interested, um, I've also been selected to be a candidate for the political party called the ACDP here in South Africa. So those of you who are out there who know how to pray, ask you to pray for us, pray for our country, pray for our nation. We need God, we need revival. There are a lot of things that we need. Um, if you want to find out more, please email me and, or WhatsApp me and, uh, and we can take it from there. And uh, 0626759095, you know, WhatsApp me. Maybe we can discuss a couple of things that you're interested in. But overall, you know, um, we do have the, the, the outline for the political party that we stand in faith for as a Christian party and trust that God will come through. So I just want to start with uh, teach us how to pray the introduction. Jesus' disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. And Jesus gave them a general and all-encompassing prayer. Luke 11 verse 1 to 4. This prayer, whilst a wonderful prayer as it stands, can also be understood as a teaching tool on how to pray in future with more specific needs of mind. So the purpose of this booklet is to help you to understand how to pray specific areas and to outline some example prayers examples. The prayers given are not meant to be followed word for word but to help you to understand how to formulate a suitable personal prayer whilst you are doing the principles of how to pray. What is most important to God is not how we articulate our own prayer, it is but that it comes from your heart, expressing your true desire, and it's not just words from your, your mouth. Having a witness to your prayer and someone who loves the Lord, who agrees in prayer, will usually be most helpful and seems most effective. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, Luke 11, verse 1. So we started with salvation prayer, general notes, 
God loves you so he made a way for you to be saved for the consequence of your sin. Being eternally separated from God by sending his son Jesus, John 3 verse 16. Asking Jesus to be your saviour is the most life-changing decision you'll ever make. The present state of your heart desire to be saved by Jesus moved from the realm of darkness to the kingdom of blood. Colossians 1 verse 13 to 14. Basic shape of the salvation prayer. Recognize that you are a sinner cut off from God and cannot save yourself. Romans 3 verse 23, 1 John 1 verse 8. Make a decision to confess and turn from your sinful ways and habits. This is repentance. Luke 15 verse 10. Agree with God that only Jesus can save you through the sacrifice of his life on the cross, which paid the price for your sin, which is death. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 to 6. Person receive what Jesus has done for you. He's paid the penalty for your sins, redeemed you from the hand of the enemy, and made it possible to receive God's pardon and cleansing from your sin. Then you are born again as a child of God. Romans 10 verse 13, John 3 verse 3. Ask Jesus to start the process of changing into his image through the work of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Example of the salvation prayer. Jesus, today I come to you as a sinner in need of saving. I recognize I can't save myself. I need a savior to save me from the consequences of my sin, put my back, and to put me back into fellowship with the Holy God. So today, Jesus, I repent of and turn from my sin and invite you to come to my life. Thank you that you have paid the debt I owed and are able to wash me clean from my sinful past and given me a new start. I've been born again to the family of God. I choose today to open myself to a transforming work in my life and increasingly make me more like you. In Jesus' name, Amen. And this is the confidence that we have towards Him that we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we asked of Him, 1 John 5, verse 14 to 15. Excuse me, now we go to Lordship Prayer. Um, I enjoy this as well and also in, like to declare it, proclaim it and it says uh, in the Lordship Prayer General Notes this prayer is about handing all other areas of our lives over to Jesus more specifically making Jesus Lord of your life remember ask Jesus to be your saviour but have not asked him to over your life the Lordship Prayer is declaration that you desire God, you all in love, but the way you live every aspect of your life is pleasing to Jesus. The Lordship Prayer can be a short prayer addressing to the issue you acknowledge the need for help and change. The Lordship Prayer can be a more general prayer that claims your desires for Jesus to in every area of your life. Basic set of the Lordship Prayer be real about the place you want Jesus to have in your life. Making Jesus Lord means that you want to live your life in accordance with godly principles and hence lead a life that is pleasing to Jesus and reflects your response to what he has done for you. Start by addressing Jesus as your Lord and restate that you want to invite him more specifically into your life. It can then include any area of your life that you want to, perhaps areas in which you have special difficulty to do things God's way. Remember that Jesus wants to be Lord of every area of your life, through all the practical and relational areas too. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 11. 
Now we got examples of Lord Chief Prayers. General Lord Chief Prayer. Lord Jesus, I want the way I live my life to be pleasing to you. I invite you to be Lord of and bring before Jesus urge you want help with your things. I out of line of Jesus. Why is it present? Please help me to trust you in this area of my life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now we go to the specific Lordship prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my need of you and accept you as my Saviour. I deliver in my Lord. I invite you now to be the Lord that is the authority of the whole of my life. Lord of my human spirit, all my spiritual awareness and worship. Lord of my mind, my attitudes, my thinking, my beliefs and my imagination. Lord of my emotions and my expressions, of my feelings. Lord of my will and all my decisions. Lord of my body, my physical health, my exercise, my diet, my rest and my appearance. Lord of my sexuality and its expression. Lord of my family, all my relationships. Lord of all my work paid and voluntary and my leisure time. Lord of my material goods and my precious needs. Lord of my finances. Lord of my plans, my ambitions and my future. Lord of my physical death. The manner and timing of my passing. Thank you that your blood was shed that I might be fully included in God's family with all the blessings this will bring. Thank you my name. It's been written in the book of life in Jesus' name. Amen. Rise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Psalm 10, verse 12. So those are just a couple of things to think about. And uh, you can look now at prayer of confession repentance. General notes. Confession is facing our sin and agreeing with God that our sin hurts God, others and ourselves. Repentance is turning from the past sin and the claim that you will not do it again. The declaration that you will make different choices in the future. Matthew 3 verse 8. Having someone witness our confession and repentance can be helpful and serve as a powerful spiritual weapon against the enemy. And we can look at basic shapes of confession and repentance prayer. Declaration that actual sin as honestly as possible. Agreeing with God that it is against his ways. Reckoning that sometimes we have sinned as a response to being hurt, or we have harbored bitterness, self-pity, hatred, resentment against that person. Renouncing turning from the control, security, pleasure, protection that was found in that sinful behavioral attitude. Asking for receiving God's part in cleansing. Recognizing God's better plan and turning to him to the past. Self-wounding and meet the future needs in his way. Example of the prayer for confession and repentance of specific sins. Father, I confess that I have sinned against you and your word. In my own strength, I have been powerless against temptation. I confess my sins. The specific here and if necessary, ask the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. I now agree with the verdict of my sin. I renounce all pleasures associated with these sins. I ask you to forgive me and to forgive the other hurts. Which have caused myself by my sin. I now turn from my sin. I ask you, Father, to forgive me for all that is past. Give me the discernment to recognize temptation when it comes and the strength to resist it. Thank you that Jesus' blood was shed that I might be made clean. Save me now from all my cleanliness in Jesus' name. Amen. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. That is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Timothy 5. Verse 16 to 18. Now we're going to look at forgiveness prayers. Forgive being others. General notes. 
Do you understand what forgiveness means and does not mean? Jesus says we should forgive those who sin against us. We are not forgiving their sin, only God can do it. We are forgiving the consequence of their sin on our life, and we, al- we alone can do that. God will be our vindicator, Romans 12 verse 19. So we need to let him be their judge. We must stop trying to hold them into judgment or try to make them pay what they owe us. Forgiveness is not a quick fix prayer. The trap from the constitutional pain and life-changing effects of being sinned against. Forgiveness is a choice, but needs to be undertaken in reality. Facing the pain and distress that sin has caused you in the past, which may still be ongoing. Forgiveness God's master key. So a basic shape of forgiveness prayer. It is not wrong to discern whether someone has sinned against you, but it is wrong to judge what their, punish- their punishment should be. We need to allow God to deal with each person the way He knows they deserve. When we forgive, we are letting go of our, of our unforgiveness and desire for revenge, retaliation, allowing God to be the judge, the certainty that He will do what is right. Genesis 18, verse 25. If you choose to forgive, then name the person you choose to forgive and bring this person before God in prayer. If possible, speak out and I choose to forgive so and so. Be honest about what they did to hurt you, by the words or actions or by neglect, etc. And bring this before God in prayer, possibly speaking out, I choose to forgive for hurting me by. You've now released them from your grip into God's hands. You are free from the connection to you and can start to walk into a new freedom from the past. Continue steadfast in prayer, in watchful and with thanksgiving. Colossians 4 verse 2. Right, here we go. Next, carry on with the example of a prayer to forgive those who hurt us. Thank Jesus for dying, that I might be forgiven by an act of my will, I now choose to forgive those who have hurt me, name before God what they did to you, state the sin that caused your hurt, I release each one of those people into the freedom of my forgiveness in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, repentance for blaming God, and uh, how many times we blame God for things that go wrong, they're not even God's fault, or we do it because of disobedience. But anyway, here is repentance for blaming God, general notes. Some people have held God in unforgiveness because they blame Him for their past hurts. This is a mistaken understanding of the source of sinful behavior. All sinful behavior against God's plan for your life. Sinful behavior comes from the carnality of mankind and the consequential circle of the fall, all of which offends and angers God. This prayer of the confession repents of the strong understanding. Example of prayer for those who blame God for their problems. Please forgive me, Lord, for blaming you for what others have done to me. I know that you hate what Satan has done in my life. Thank you for loving me and promising to set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Forgive oneself. General notes. If God is forgiven our sin, and it is arrogant to refuse to give ourself, to not forgive oneself, it's like saying that Jesus is going to the cross, has not done enough to deal with your sin, to try to forgive oneself for a sin that has not been pardoned by God. 
is to deny the necessity of Jesus' death for our sins. It could be appropriate to pray this prayer after confession and repentance. Prayer, example of a prayer for forgiveness of oneself. Thank you, Father, for giving me. I'm sorry for setting myself above you by refusing to forgive myself. Please help me now as I choose to forgive myself for things that I have held against myself and for which I know that you really forgive me. In Jesus' name, Amen. So just think about that, that you need to forgive yourself as well and to forgive others. And you know, we must just understand, you know, that we cannot play God and we cannot never be above God. God is always above us, around us, before us, under us. He's all around. So I think it's just a simple procedure of just saying, yes, Lord, uh, submitting to Him, humbling ourselves before Him, and let Him just take over and take the reins as you walk with Him on a daily basis. So that's just something to consider. Here is a prayer for breaking of ungodly soul ties which the general notes is understanding of the principle of soul ties is necessary. God meant relationships to bring a good bonding to us through which the Holy Spirit would use others to bless us and would be a blessing to them. You might like to look up some scriptures in your own Bible. Colossians 3 verse 14, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 16 to give some basic understanding of the unseen spiritual bonds, both good and bad, that are formed by relationships on earth. The principle of the prayer is that of loosening on earth and asking God to loose in heaven what has been joined in the spiritual realm. Matthew 18 verse 18. The practical application of Jesus of Isaiah 58 verse 6. When the person receiving prayer has done all they can to deal with ungodly aspects of the relationship, for example, confession, forgiveness, and the rights of any wrong agreements. The prayer to break or let loose any ungodly psalter in the heavenly realm can be prayed. Having someone to hear your prayers of repentance and forgiveness and to agree with you is most effective. They can then pray this with you and for you while you concentrate on what God is doing in your life. There may be some emotional pain and psalters are broken and there may be a need for a command to expel a demon. The Truth and Freedom series book Psalters will give a fuller explanation. Basic shape of a prayer for breaking a soul tie or i.e. a soul care. A soul tie connects you by spiritual and therefore invisible bond with someone. Think about the person you want to be free from. Decide why or soul tie to them. Live with ungodly tie with what was the sin that caused this bondage. The sin might have been yours or the other person's or sins that you jointly committed. Consider how you need to pray repenting of your sin and of forgiving the person for their sins. This will be necessary before you can be set free. Pray these prayers first. Then say, I choose to be set free from. Then you call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Jeremiah 29 verse 12. And that God is God saying, He will hear you when you ask Him. So ask God to cut you free by saying, Father God, please cut me free from that sin bond too, whatever it might be. Ask God to restore to you anything that this bond allowed the other person to take from you. Ask God to take away from you anything of that person which has connected to you. 
if applicable, renounce and break the power of any words of curses spoken out against you by this person. Ask God to take out of you any enemy power that has taken advantage of that godly connection and curse into your life. Example of prayer for a third person to break our godly soul tie. Father God, whatever the name is, has confessed and repented of any known sin in this relationship. He or she has forgiven, name the other person, has fully let go of this relationship, or where appropriate, has fully let go of the ungodly aspects of this relationship. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore proclaim the rights of the enemy to keep the name of the person in bondage, and this relationship has been removed. Father God, I now ask you to break the ungodly saltar between name the two people. Please draw back to the name any part of him or herself which has been wrongly tied to the other name of the person. And please remove from the name any part of the other name which has been tied to or has wrongly influenced the name of the person or people. I ask you to heal and cleanse the name and every part of his or her spirit, soul and body from the effect of this ungodly tie. In Jesus' name, Amen. Special note, in this prayer we are not sending back demons, but taking away any rights that have been given to demonic. It was indicated by the Holy Spirit that there may need to be deliverance. It's not a prayer, but a command. For example, in the name of Jesus, I now speak directly to every demonic power that has taken advantage of the Psalter and command to leave now. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. Psalm 145, verse 18. The effect of gen generation iniquity. General notes, this is not the same as a soul time. This is released from a predisposition to sin in a particular way that has come as iniquity or benignity from your family bloodline. It is not about relation with the people involved that may be totally unknown to you. God's perfect plan was for every child to inherit blessings and desire for godliness from their blood family. It is not the full reality of our birth family. Exodus 20 verse 5 to 6. Basic share of a prayer that releases from the effects of generational iniquity. Thank God for your birth mother and father and their families. Ephesians 6 verse 2. Recognize that they were not perfect. Be honest about your own life not being perfect. You may notice some similarities or patterns these sin issues in your family background. Forgive your birth parents and all their ancestors for the consequences of their sin in your life. That brings us back to forgiveness. Repent if you've done the same things. That means brings us back to repentance. Agree with God mm -hmm. that this is not what He wanted for your life. Do you need to confess if you have blamed God? Renounce and refuse to accept the distorted hands from the birth family. This is a nuclear's visit on the children mentioned in Exodus 20 verse 5. And claim your God inheritance won for you by Jesus as a child of God. Again, we can look at the Lordship Prayer. We feel you need to backtrack to be sure of this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4 verse 16. So here's yeah, just a couple other things I just want to touch on. As you guess, look at example of a prayer for freedom from the effect of generation iniquity. I thank you, Father, that on the cross Jesus took all curses in my place, 
He shed his blood so I can be set free. I choose to forgive my parents and ancestors for every sin which they can rise to the enemy in my family line and has an effect on my life. I confess and agree with God's verdict upon and renounce those who turn away from all their sinful activities, especially name any sins you know about such as adultery, false religions, occult activity, addictions, violence, abortion, or sexual sin, or anything else that God brings to mind. Sometimes slavery is relevant. I claim my freedom from consequences these sins from all generate curse and all diseases passed down the feminines in Jesus' name. Amen. So those are a couple of things you can look at. For example, spirit of slavery needs to be you need to take off the chains from wrists and ankles. Also rem remove the rope from the neck or the hood that is over you or over your head or everything that is relevant. Also the spirit of poverty. Sometimes it is relevant to Catholicism. Take a vow of poverty which is a curse that needs to be broken. Replace the Philippians 4 verse 19. My gospel, all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jehovah Jireh. So these are just a couple of things that you can look at. And also allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to help you. In my distress I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. Psalm 18 verse 6. And then we need to look at deliverance declarations that are not prayers, they are general notes. The rights of the demonic must be removed first by repentance and forgiveness, which are both prayers to bring the past situation under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. An enemy can be ordered to leave by you or by someone praying for you. And this can also be through done through the name of Jesus Christ, which is authority and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Personal declaration into heavenly realms are to renounce Satan's works. I hereby renounce Satan all his works on my life. I by an act of my will and the strength that Jesus Christ and others gives me close these doors to him forever. I command the power of darkness in Jesus' name to tell me no more on these issues which have now been confessed, repented of, and from which I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Example of statement of authority over and deliverance from an evil spirit. In the name of Jesus, I command the unclean spirit of name the area of bondage to leave without hurting or harming, to name of the person, any other person, and without going into any other members of his or her family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Therefore, confess your sins to another and pray for another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So now we've got to look at this one. Baptism and refilling with the Holy Spirit. General notes. If you made Jesus Lord of your life, you can ask the Father to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, with, and then subsequently to refill you. Ephesians 5 verse 18. It may be useful to ask for fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit if you've been praying other prayers for releasing cleansing from particular sins. The effect of ungodly soul ties and other consequences of generational iniquity. Basic shape of a prayer asking for God to send His Holy Spirit. 
Be clear that Jesus is the Lord of your life. Ask God the Father to send His Holy Spirit to baptize you. Acts 2. If you have received baptism already, you could also be filled in a deeper or fuller way. Bringing out the Holy Spirit will bring conviction of sin and righteousness. John 16, verse 8. Example of a prayer to ask Jesus to send His Holy Spirit. Father God, I ask Jesus to be my Lord. I ask you now to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Or if you have truly received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, to fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Please search me and know my heart and will in your time any darkness remaining within me. In Jesus' name, Amen. I do ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, verse 13. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out to my deliverance. Philippians 1, verse 90. So there we come to the end of this little podcast on Teach Us How to Pray and Understand How to Pray in Specific Areas of Ministry. I trust that you'll enjoy it. I trust that it will help you. So I'll say that. That's called a wrap. Take care. God bless. Enjoy that. Good afternoon, this is uh, Handyman Bob, coming to you live from Nelspruit, Upamalonga, South Africa. I want to share a few things with you today as well. This is called Rewired, Exploring Beliefs and Behaviours. And uh, also, just want to share some teaching notes with you. And be handy if you have a journal and to take some notes or whatever you feel is relevant for you. Just jot down a few things that you feel is coming up or being highlighted as we go through this teaching. So it's bringing the heart of God to the heart of man as we explore and go through these things. So this is a whole course that was done over a weekend. And you can use this. For yourself and for your family with God's leading. So this has been sent to me. I've had it for a couple of months. And I just felt I need to share it. This has been sent to me from a very special friend of mine. And you can f- use this space to write down thoughts down about how you're feeling. Going to this course of expectation of prayers to God in your personal journal. So, to be led and taught by the Holy Spirit, to bring the heart of God to the heart of man, to have and know the Father heart of God, to teach, preach, and mentor with the Father heart of God, to have wisdom and knowledge that can be applied to your daily life. Thank you, Holy Spirit, as you help me, lead and guide me, and teach me, Holy Spirit, with wisdom and knowledge, leadership and guidance and clarity of mind. Teach me wisdom. In my secret heart, Holy Spirit, to be healed, mind, body, and soul, spirit, soul, and body, to have the mind of Christ, to renew the mind, to be healed, and to overcome depression and anxiety, to meditate on the Word with meditation, praise and worship, and teaching tapes. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Psalm 51, verse 6. So here we're going to start with rewired, exploring beliefs and behaviors. How I, how I am wired. God's original plan for us. We are made body, 
soul and human spirit and we function as a unity. Genesis 1 verse 26 to 28, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. Our human spirit contains our deep beliefs. These beliefs may be about ourselves, God and other people. God's intention is that these deep beliefs would always be in line with these truths. We call these deep beliefs core beliefs because they are central to our lives. Example of a healthy core belief would be I'm lovable or it is good to be me. These core beliefs feed into and form an established way of thinking which we call a mindset. God's desire is that our mindset would develop from core beliefs founded on His truth. Example of a healthy mindset would be having a positive attitude towards life. Our mindsets drive the choices we make and the way we behave. God's intention is that our mindsets would motivate life-giving choices and behaviours. Jesus explains our solid foundations, our beliefs, affect what is built in our lives, our behaviour. In Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27, plus 20, Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4, how our core beliefs develop. Our core beliefs are formed through our life's experiences, including relationships, and how we have perceived them. These are a mixture of both, he both healthy and unhealthy beliefs. They are often deeply rooted and hidden to ourselves. In other words, they can be blind spots. Unhealthy core beliefs and the deep feelings that generate are usually subconscious and may clash with rational thinking. My rational understanding says God loves me, but I feel I'm unlovable, so God can't love me. One of the main reasons we struggle to move away from unhealthy core beliefs is because they feel so true. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12 verse 2 Even though God wants our beliefs to be found on His truth, the enemy seeks to sow lies and distort our core beliefs. Psalm 51 verse 6 and John 8 verse 44 Things that significantly shape our beliefs, spiritual generational inheritance, Lamentation 5 verse 7, Parents, family, upbringing, 2 Timothy 1 verse 5. Cultural and social environment. Circumstances of life, for example, sickness, trauma and adversity. Political and religious influences. For example, Saul was trained under Galilee. God's heart for transformation. God desires to transform our unhealthy beliefs through the work of the Holy Spirit but we need to make the choice to cooperate with Him. Romans 8, verse 5 to 9. It is important to have a hard attitude of humility and a willingness to acknowledge that we may have lived with unhealthy core beliefs and mindsets. Genuine transformation, what seems to be to us, is to be our truth. It can only come as a work of the Holy Spirit. He can rewire us with His truth. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 10 and Ephesians 2 verse 10. So for further consideration, consider in what way family or cultural beliefs may have affected you. You might think of both healthy and unhealthy influences. So it is for the Holy Spirit to transform unhealthy beliefs to cooperate with Him. 
and healthy core beliefs and mindsets. For the Holy Spirit to, to rewire us with His truth, to switch on our brain. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, to renew your mind and renew your brain, to overcome depression and anxiety and fear and epilepsy and all sin, sickness and disease. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, and no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Hebrews 12 verse 15. Now this is the reality of our lives. Unhealthy core beliefs and mindsets. The earliest relationships and experiences in our lives have the greatest impact on our core beliefs. 2 Samuel 9 verse 8. Often what we deeply believe and feel is true is a mixture of truth and lies. Our thinking could be based on believing something is a lie when it is really truth. For example, God's truth is that we are accepted and chosen by Him. But if because of a past love, this doesn't feel true in our most being, we may say it is not true for me. Our thinking could be based on believing something is truth when it is actually a lie. For example, we may believe that God is so loving, so loving that you not mind if we sin, but that is a lie and will keep us from repenting and finding true pardon and release. Beliefs that do not agree with God's truth will usually be reinforced by the enemy, whose des desire is to keep us believing lies and disbelieving God's truth. John 8 verse 43 to 45. These beliefs and subsequent mindsets can be so hardwired into our life so deeply rooted in our inner being that we've been conformed into the beliefs, attitudes and behavior of the environment we grew up in without realizing. Romans 12 verse 2. Our core beliefs and mindsets affect our lives. As a child we interpret the world around us to make sense of it. Interpretation becomes a filter through which we subsequently see the world. When this doesn't agree with God's truth and we hold on to our perception, this becomes our judgment. Judgment leads to expectations. If my core belief is that I'm not valuable, my expectation could lead me to believe that when I try to build a relationship, I will be treated as worthlessness and possibly eventually rejected. Our core beliefs that are hidden in our subconscious give rise to conscious thoughts. These conscious thoughts can help us recognize what may be our unhealthy core beliefs. However, we have a responsibility to take these thoughts captive so we don't continue to agree with and reinforce our unhealthy beliefs. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 We can be, be right correctly by God. We bring our old belief systems into our Christian life. Paul encourages us to recognize this and to allow God to transform us. Romans 8 verse 5 to 6 and 12 verse 2. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Philippians 2 verse 13. If we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, He will communicate us through our human spirit to rule our unhealthy core beliefs and to increasingly replace these with His truth. John 14 verse 26, John 16 verse 13, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11, Proverbs 27 verse 19. 
Our task is to be open to receive the revelation of God's truth. Whenever and however He chooses to touch our lives, that it will meet our deepest needs. For further consideration, what specific aspects of God's truth about you do you most must long to have deeply rooted in your life? Peace, love, joy, goodness, grace, mercy, prosperity, healing, good health, security, for the Holy Spirit to shed God's light on the hidden areas of the subconscious and then to uproot them, root them up and wash them out of your soul, for example, mind, body, soul, spirit, soul and body, for God to help us to deal with the situation and circumstance of life that you're now in and to come out of it with His help, goodness, grace and mercy. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Philippians 4 verse 8 Our reactions can form a behavioral cycle. Unhealthy core beliefs and mindsets produce carnal behaviors. Where unhealthy belief Beliefs exist. We'll have inner distress and pain, whether we are aware of it or not. Consciously or subconsciously, we find ways to try to cope with this inner distress and pain. Ungodly defending and comforting behaviors are mankind's way, independent of God, of trying to deal with the situation. They may only affect our relationship with others, but also our relationship with God. God's way brings life and hope. Isaiah 59 verse 2 and Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9. Behaviors that we used to try to defend or protect ourselves may include unreality and denial, isolation or escape, pride or perfectism, anger, criticism or ridicule. Behaviors that we may use to try to cope with or comfort ourselves to meet our deep needs may include unreality and denial of inner feelings, suppression of our pain, using drugs or alcohol or through self-harming, inappropriate release of emotions such as aggression, laughter, tears, using food, alcohol, sex or material possessions as a form of comfort, the de de deflection of our pain onto other causes or other people, religiosity, self-pity, gossip, thoughts of revenge, bitterness. For our behavior to have lost in change, our beliefs need to change. Matthew 23 verse 26 What is a behavior cycle? A repeating pattern of behavioral reactions can be called a behavioral cycle. We may or may not be aware of our own behavioral cycles, but they'll probably be easily recognized by others who are close to us. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 Their behaviors may seem to be overreactions or even totally irrational in the present circumstances. This is because these cyclical behaviors have their foundations in unrecognized past experiences the resulting unhealthy core beliefs. There will be a trigger that sets the behavioral cycle in motion. 
using some specific instance or words spoken to us. Now we look at reflection time. During this part of the course, there will be time for reflection or to try some optional activities. So just think what you can do during this process. What activities would you like to do or engage in? So you might like to try one or more of these as we express how the teachings have impacted you. We encourage you to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit at this time for yourself. These activities may broaden your understanding of how God seeks to work in the lives of His people, how we need to share these truths with others in the future. So for further consideration, ask the Holy Spirit to help you recognize any behavioral cycles that exist in your life. Jesus was rejected, falsely accused and abandoned by friends. Find out how he, respond, how he responded to these situations. As we are to be open to the work of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit help us with any behavioral cycles that exist in our lives, consciously and subconsciously, to new the mind, to heal the mind, to restore the mind, to be healthy mind, body, soul, spirit, soul and body. Those who offer thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me to an order says way rightly, I'll show the salvation of God. Psalm 50 verse 23, I pray you from fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. Psalm 139 verse 14. And just coming back to a couple of things that you know we can find some optional activities such as sport, what do you enjoy doing, sport, example for running, playing softball, soccer, cricket, anything that you can think of, American football, baseball, you know, any sport that you're comfortable with that can help you. That you can use it in a positive way and it will also help you to see it in a positive manner. So if it's going walking, going camping, whatever you enjoy, just find what suits you, what is best for you. Now we look at control, a powerful element in our behaviors, the right use of control. God has given every person the precious gift of free will. With this freedom we make choices and we can rightly control our sinful nature. This means we are surrendering ourselves to God's will and resisting disobedience. Joshua 24 verse 15, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, Luke 22 verse 42, Healthy self-control, that is godly control over you. Our own emotion choice is possible. As we surrender to, to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, He reduces godly self-control in us. Galatians 5 verse 23, Control is not always wrong. Healthy control is part of everyday life and is often desirable for safety of those who are being controlled. For example, Airline pilot is in control of a plane and the passengers for safety of all. Ungodly control. Carnality is a predisposition to live out of our own understanding and desires, separated from the Creator. Ungodly control comes from our carnal nature. Romans 7, verse 14 to 20, Galatians 5, verse 16 to 17. 
Ungodly self-control usually exists because we are seeking ways to try to protect ourselves and to get our deep needs met. When ungodly self-control becomes part of our lifestyle, it will lead to some areas of our lives remaining unchanged and in bondage. The Holy Spirit will not override our free will to gain access to bring restoration until He is invited. Revelation 3 verse 20 Ungodly control of others will involve by using domination, manipulation or intimidation to try to get them to meet our needs or to attempt to make ourselves feel more secure. 1 Kings 21 Domination uses physical, emotional force, manipulation, uses coercive ways to bring someone under our control. Intimidation means controlling through fear. These involve thought processes that seek to influence things to our advantage. They are self-centered and the valuing of others. John 19 verse 21 to 22. Control can be conscious or subconscious. Some choices are made quite consciously responding to today's issues. Some patterns of controlling behavior should be more subconscious. The road for humility and fear of the Lord is rich on and love. Proverbs 22 verse 4. Bread emotion can be very strong. So automatic patterns of behavior are subconscious developed to control the situation and attempt to reduce the emotional distress. The deeply wounded place is often being buried or blocked from the consciousness. In this case, emotions such as fear, anger and distress remain alive until they are released to healing. Ephesians 4 verse 26 Subconscious controls often trigger in a present-day situation that resonates with the painful past situation. Conscious thought process only involved, Romans 7 verse 15. So conscious controls on place to guard the deep inner peace and distress. They are way to exist and survive, but in reality they are life-blocking and destructive. Subconscious controls are attempt to escape from our unrecognized problems and, for example, could lead to an inability to feel the presence and love of God. A life of drivenness or focus on performance. Perfectism or obsessive compulsive disorder. Mental health issues. God understands our need for self-protection, but when we come to Him for healing, these subconscious controls and resulting behaviors need to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit with the confession they are carnal and therefore sinful. We are usually totally unaware of our subconscious carnal controls until someone who we trust and who loves us is willing to help us see the truth, even confront us. This is love and action. Demonic reinforcement of ungodly controls. When control exerted consciously by denomination, manipulation, intimidation, it violates people's free will and is therefore sinful. Sinful behavior opens the way for demonic influence. Ephesians 4 verse 27. Subconscious controls are rooted in deep wounding, often involving fear and woundedness. They are an initial sin, but even unintentional sin needs to be recognized and brought to the light because the enemy wants to keep his control of these subconscious carnal behaviors. Behaviors, Hebrews 9 verse 7, Romans 3 verse 23. 
The fear of the Lord is instruction, wisdom, and humility comes before honor. Proverbs 15, verse 33. God knows your heart. Do not worry, we can trust Him to bring His revelation in due time. For further consideration, how do you respond when you are treated unfairly? What do you do when you feel low or when you are criticized? In group settings, do you feel like you have to control how you interact to feel safe? When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you to all the truth, for you will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He has, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. John 16, verse 13. Now we look at the encounter with God. Freedom to respond, not to react. Recognize and own that we may have some unhealthy core beliefs and mindsets and that these have contributed to ungodly behaviors. You're willing to be real about ungodly behaviors, also let's to help us see ourselves as other than God does. Recognize and repent of reinforcing unhealthy core beliefs through ungodly judgments, behaviors, or words spoken. Repent of ungodly self-control that is hindered the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Receive God's forgiveness. Invite the Holy Spirit to minister as He wills. Be expecting that God will speak and start to bring His truth. For further consideration, ponder how you try to fix things for yourself by asking God to help you. So if we, we have encounters with God, which is freedom to respond, to ask our Spirit to help us see ourselves and others as God does, to repent, to receive God's forgiveness, to invite the Holy Spirit to minister as He wills, be expecting God will speak and start to bring His truth. For I have the desire to, to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. doing. Romans 7 verse 18 to 19. This is Paul speaking. Practical steps towards being rewired. Ongoing reality. Continue to ask God to help us recognize our unhealthy core beliefs which we can bring to Him for His work of rewiring into His truth. Remember that we cannot by our own striving, even our consciousness, understanding, change our own core beliefs. We should strongly desire truth in most parts. Psalm 51 verse 6. This will lead to openness and expectation that allows God's truth to bring about the necessary change. We need God's revelation. And this may, be, may come at any time in a variety of possible ways. Some of this is through a rhema word or specific situation that touch us deeply and have a positive and permanent life-changing effect on us. Determination responsibility. Be determined to do your part in the healing process. This will prepare the way for God's truth to touch your heart. Mark 10 verse 46 to 52, Luke 8 verse 43 to 48. Fill your mind with the truth of God. Set your thoughts on Him and His ways. Philippians 4 verse 8. Resist the lies of the enemy at the surface in your conscious thinking. Remember that you are not a victim of your own conscious thoughts unless you choose to be. You are able with the help of the Holy Spirit to take your thought captive. 
Corinthians 10 verse 5. Receive and take hold of the truth as God reveals it to you. Be thankful. Thankfulness opens our heart to receive more truth. Jesus models gratitude to God. Matthew 14 verse 19. Fill your prayers with praise. Keep a journal of prayers answered and truth understood. Sure understanding and story of what God has done for you and with others. For God gives spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. Now we look at it to have a right focus. Seek a deeper relationship with God. John 17 verse 3. Feed regularly on the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 1 to 16. Continue fellowship and relationship with God's people. Acts 2 verse 42 to 47. Acts 4 verse 32. Rest in the certain knowledge that God has His perfect plan and timing for your restoration. Philippians 1 verse 6. Renewing the foundations. Only God can put in our new foundation. And His foundation will be stronger and more beautiful. Isaiah 34 verse 11 to 14. Only God can meet our deepest needs. Philippians 4 verse 19. For further consideration, read Isaiah 54 for yourself. Can you recognize the beautiful stones that God has really put in your life? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. So here we're going to start ending off. But just a couple of things I want to touch on. As you just journal, write or draw, if you would like to, and to use them in this way. You might like to consider one or more of the following suggestions. Ask God to reveal whether there's something in your belief system out of line with His truth. Take time to bring this to Him and be willing to receive the revelation of His truth. Consider your cultural and ethnic background. Thank God for the blessings and strengths that have come from this. Confess and renounce any negative influence you may have absorbed. Take time to consider what you have learned about yourself. What has challenged you most and why? What has God shown you that is new to you? And what implication does it have for your life? How do you feel when you are not in control of a situation? Do you trust God at these times? Why or why not? Has God revealed to you that you have been exercising any unhealthy self-control in your life? What steps will you take to change this? Consider how you can consciously develop a lifestyle of thanks and praise where do your daily routine and attitudes need to change? So to switch on your brain with hope, as mind controls matter, your choices change your brain, catch those thoughts and active reach. For the word of God is living, active and sharp in any two-edged sword, presenting the vision of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. Hebrews 4 verse 12. If we confess our sins, it's faith and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1 verse 9. And God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving the Holy Spirit just as He did to us. Acts 15 verse 8. 
He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. John 8 verse 23. And that is Jesus speaking. So we're going to wrap this up and say thank you for exploring with us. Take care, God bless, and enjoy this podcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning to you. This is Henry and Bob coming to you live from Lasbon of Malanga. And a couple of things I just want to touch on this morning, which I feel is also important just to share with you. Just a couple of things we're thinking about this morning. And uh, just a couple of things maybe just to share with you as well. And one of the things is that came to mind this morning was study to show yourself approved as workmen unto God. So the first question is, number one, is to study what? You know, so we need to ask God, what do we need to study? Number two is how to show self-approved as a workman or workwoman unto God. And number three, to be approved as a workman or workwoman unto God. So that kind of thing I just want to let you think about this morning. You know, there's so much going on around us, but what do we need to study? Um, what is specifically we need to focus on? You know, what do we need to study now? Is it the book of James, book of Revelation, book of Deuteronomy, you know, is it the book of the end times? Uh, so this is a couple of things. Is it about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Is it about the angels? What is it? What do you think it is? What do you sense is that God has sent you this morning? What do you think he's asking you to study to show self-approved today? And the other thing is, how do we become approved unto God? How do we become approved as a workman unto Him? So that I just want to share with you this morning that you think about. And I think also we need to be diligent in, in the things of God. And uh, when we bat and struggle, we just got to allow the Holy Spirit to help us. And to understand the Word of God when we study it. And the other thing I want to just touch on is scroll angels on assignment. What is assignment? Uh, the angel's been sent to you with, with a scroll for you, for an assignment. What assignment would that be? What assignment has the angel given you? What scroll has the angel given you? And you know, we always look at the, the thing, you know, the financial problems that we're facing today. But just to, I was reading something this morning, just wanted to encourage you that I was going through the tablet, these things are just popping up. And this is a, a something from Gloria Copenry. God knows where the money is and knows how to get the money to you. So I'll say, well, God, where is the money? How are you going to get it to us? So this is something to think about because I know we all need money today with everything being so difficult and so hard. And I think I've been looking at this was doing research on angels as well. So if you get a chance, maybe it's good for you to do that as well. Go to Sid Roth at Supernatural. A lot of interesting programs that are there. But I just felt impressed by Lord this week to look at angels and do research on angels. And maybe learn a little bit more about angels because we never stop learning. And the next thing I was looking at this week, what will God arrange in our favor? So what is God arranging in our favor that's going to work for us? And then how to receive from God? And how angels work to bring God's will to pass in our life? So that's also something I was just looking at this morning and jotting down and thinking about. 
And also, you know, what does it mean? You know, as we look to prove yourself to be a workman unto what does it mean to you? What does it work mean to God? When you ch when you choose yourself, or you've been a chosen, or been approved as a workman unto God, what does it mean when you sit and think about it this morning? You know, we always look at it, at Moses and Joshua, and and we we look at Jesus and the disciples and the apostles. But what does it mean to you this morning, with the challenge we are facing? And it's going on around us today. So I was just thinking about that this morning. Just want to share it with you this morning. And yes, just something encouraging this morning. And you know, just other couple of other things that I was looking at as well. That we can look at it this morning on the topics that we're looking and discussing. And thinking about with, you know, the world is, is, is so... Uh, uh, I can uproot it today. That's the word I could use, uprooted. So yes, you know, and um, the world is, is trying to regain itself and get itself back into balance and back on its feet, but that takes time. So, I was also looking at a couple of other things as well, that how to use your lifeline kit every day with the Holy Spirit's help. So what is your lifeline this morning? What is your lifeline today? What is your lifeline that you need right now? So I put down a couple of things. One, your most important relationship, which was the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and also with God. Number two was love above all. Number three was the power of forgiveness. Number four was become the Lord's vessel. Number five is living and giving honor. And number six, what are the relationship destroyers that you not just around you? Number seven was raising children. Number eight was standing for rebellious children. Now I think that was quite a challenge for all of us. Number nine is reaching out to others. Number ten was serving Jesus together. So obviously when you're serving Jesus, that means unity. Now I think I just want to touch on is we come to know God as my father and my friend. So we need a relationship with God. And we you know we get that relationship right, everything else will start to come right. And to let him be let him to be to be God in your life. He's saying, I am here for you. Just draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I'll give you the wisdom that you need. I'll strengthen you and equip you and help you every day of life. And another thing is living in contact, you know, and building relationships that are lost. So also need to realize that it's important to build relationships that are lost because we need relationships today, especially the way things are going. So there's something that you can think about and meditate upon. There's a couple of other things I want to share this morning as well and be up to date with what I believe is important to share this morning. So I've also been just looking at my notes and going through my notes and thinking what can I share, what can I share on the podcast, you know, what is meant to go up today. Because there's always somebody in need of, of a word or fresh encouragement or something they need to hear that comes through that can help them. So we just got to know, and, and we always think of Psalm 46, verse 10, to be still, know it is God. So we will see that faith is extremely important. Why? Because Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, 
but without faith impossible to please him. Who that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that it is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Faith is the currency of the spirit realm. The whole kingdom of God operates by it. You can see why it is so vital to teach God's people everywhere the fundamentals of faith. So we've got to look at that this morning. And then I just want to share that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Faith is released with words. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. Faith overcomes. Faith works by love. Faith is a shield. Faith is strong and steady. Faith believes God's word is true. Faith has corresponding action. Faith is the victory. Faith gives thanks. But faith receives promise. So I like this one where it says, Faith is strong and steady. It's like it's tall trees that stand up and are deep-rooted. And always think of the pillars that are, are being put around us to lift us up. And faith works by love. So those are a couple of things we can look at and share this morning as we think about it and just think of how things are going and uh, how we're going to overcome these challenges that we are facing and to get through the challenge we're facing as well. So when we look at that, that God has released his faith in his words, that faith comes when the human heart hears those words. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 verse 17. So we can just think of that. And faith is, is a spiritual force generated in the reborn human spirit that is leased through the mouth with words. Speak the desired end result. And that is from Kenneth Copeland. For verily I say unto you that who is ever so shall unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have said whatever and whatsoever he saith. Mark 11 verse 23. Death and life and the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit there. Proverbs 18 verse 21. So that is just something to think about. And as I'm just sharing this to you, this could be a declaration of faith for you. It could be a, a, a post you can use for vision board or for your vision board or post on your vision board. It also can be a declaration that you could use because it says your faith in God's promise is the evidence, the title deed of the things you believe for that you can't see with your physical eye. And again, that is quoted by Kenneth Copeland. Now, faith is something of things hopeful, evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. So, now we go to the next one, which is Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. John 11 verse 25. So the cross is empty, the tomb is empty, the resurrection and the life of Jesus are my identification. That is again from Kenneth Copeland. And I think every day we've got to understand rather that Jesus is Lord. Whoever we are, Jesus is Lord of everything we're facing. And you'll never perfect the love of God in your life to any degree without faith in His love. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith that worketh by love. Galatians 5 verse 6. So just think about these scriptures and let them minister to you and speak to you. And let them be planted a seed in your heart this morning, wherever you are, in your life, your situation, your circumstances. 
Because you know there's power in the word. God has given you strength and weaponry to do what you're anointed and called to do. Kenneth Coughlin. I also, I also like that quote as well. Because you're anointed and called to do. After all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Ephesians 6 verse 16. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Proverbs 30 verse 5. And when you go and look at Proverbs 31, you know, and it tells you about a godly woman, a godly wife. So if you're praying for a godly woman, use that scripture. It's an ideal scripture to stand on. If you're fasting and praying for a wife, a woman of God. And this one is where it says, Faith is strong and steady. A man of faith trusts in the Lord. His heart is established on the word of God. Let us firmly hold the profession of our faith without wavering. For your promise is faithful. Hebrews 10 verse 23. So that is also something to think about when you stand on those pillars of strength that we need for our faith to be strong and steady. Now we go into the next one which says, Faith believes God's word is true. Philosophers are seeking truth, but truth never changes. Truth is the word of God. Sanctify by your truth, your word is truth. John 17 verse 17. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 8. When you put corresponding action to your faith, your faith is complete and fulfilled. Kenneth Copeland. Faith without works is dead. James 2 verse 17. So what steps of faith do you need to take this morning? What do you need to step out into? Where are you being led and guided to go into? For, for so ever is born of God, I'm a cometh the world, and this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. 1 John 5 verse 4. So how strong is your faith today that you can have the victory to overcome? And now we're going to look at the next one. And this one is saying, Faith gives thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 Give thanks to the Lord for His good. His faith and love endures forever. Psalms 107 verse 1 So what do you need to give God thanks for today? He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, so by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Galatians 3 verse 14 and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 verse 14. And by faith we receive the promise. Good morning, this is uh, Henry and Bob again. Come to you live from Nelspeth of Malanga. And I just want to share a few things with you this morning. And uh, it's called Life and Work. And to get started, number one is to believe. Number two is to speak. Number three is to pray. Number four is to learn. And number five is to apply. This is scripture about prosperity and success. And it says, are you sitting for less than God's best in life? If you are tolerating any type of physical ailment, Anything less than financial abundance or struggling relationship? The answer is resounding yes. Take time today to renew your mind to what God 
Let's say about your prosperity and success in your health, relationship, finances and more. So we look at Genesis 13 verse 2. We can start with that and see that it says here, Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. Genesis 13 verse 5 to 6. God also who went with Abram had flocks and herds and tents. The land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together. For their position was so great that they could not dwell together. Genesis 13 verse 14 to 17. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from let your eyes now look from the place where you are, northward, southward, east and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. Now make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So the interesting thing is, you know, when God blesses us, what are we do, or doing with it? Are we using it for good or are we using it for bad? So we're looking at Leviticus 27, city, and all the tithes of the land, where thereof the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Deuteronomy 2 verse 7. For Lord your God is blessed in all the work of your hands. He knows you are trudging through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you, you have lacked nothing. So that is quite interesting that when they were going through that, they lacked nothing. Everything was provided for and they were blessed with everything that they needed. Deuteronomy 29 verse 1 to 11. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you, and I will take you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouse and all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people in himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods, and the fruit of your body, and the increase of your livestock, and the produce of your ground, and the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Deuteronomy 28 verse 13 And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only, not be beneath. If you hear the commands of the Lord your God, which I command you to stand to be careful to observe them. So I think it is quite interesting 
for an interesting scripture to look at and study and just go through it and meditate upon it. I think it's also a good thing to discuss when you have a Bible study or a Bible group. And this one says, Joshua 1, verse 5, and then 7 to 8. No man shall be able to stand before all the days of your life. As well as Moses shall be with you, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do all according to all the law which Moses must have commanded you. Do not turn from it to right hand or to left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So that's also something interesting to think about. But the most important thing is to meditate. To meditate upon the Word of God, to spend time meditation, to spend time with God. And then we look at Job 36 verse 11. If they obey and serve Him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. What an awesome scripture. And Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Wow. So the Lord is shepherd, he'll lead and guide you. That you'll not want or have lack for anything. Because he knows what you need. So Psalm 34 verse 10. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. So I think it's important for us to seek the Lord. That we not lack any good thing. We need to seek the Lord. And ask Him. And inquire of Him. And find out from Him. And say Lord what do we do here. We need to seek Him at these things. Because He wants to help us and bless us. As a Heavenly Father. Then I got Proverbs 3 verse 9 to 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions. The fruits which are all increased. So your barns be filled with plenty. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Excuse me. Proverbs 11 verse 21. The generous shall be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. And then it says here. Proverbs 13 verse 4. The soul of lazy man desires and he has nothing. But the soul of the diligence shall be made rich. And Proverbs 19 verse 7. You who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. And he'll pay back what he has given. So I think that's also interesting scripture that you know God will give back to us if we have pity on the poor. And he'll have pity on us and give back to us what we have given to the poor to help the poor. And I think it's more so and more than ever before that we see this in the way the economic situation is at the moment. And then I just want to see what else we can share this morning. And I want to look at Malachi 3 verse 10 to 12. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now, and this says the Lord of hosts. For not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour for you such blessing, that do not be room enough to receive it. And I rebuke the devourer for your sakes, that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now that is something to think about 
as well. I know there are a lot of people have a lot of things to say about Scripture, but I think this morning, what is it saying to you? What does the Scripture say to you? What does it mean to you when you read it and meditate upon it and think about it? And you know, just to say, what is this saying to me? And I also enjoy this. Philippians 4 verse 19. And my God said, all you need a conjuration glory for Christ Jesus. So even as you go throughout the day, just quote that scripture. Quote it wherever you are and see what happens. And see what God will do for you. So yes, that's just something to think about as well. Alright. What else do we have here? Let's see. Because now it's important to realize that for prosperity and success. Hmm. Yes, that was an interesting one. 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And prosperity is very important today. That we can just prosper in all things today. So set aside some time to meditate on these verses. Even just a few minutes a day. Get the idea that God wants to prosper and succeed in every part of your life. Deep down in your spirit. And we begin praising Him and thanking Him. There's such a good God. Prosperity is coming your way in the name of Jesus. So there's something we can end off today. End with that today. And end with that. And say, take care. God bless. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning as if coffee time with Jesus. And this morning I just want to share a word for today from the scripture cards which is given to me on my birthday from my spiritual daughter Shamane. I want to say thank you very much. Really appreciate this gift. And you know it's one of the things to have scripture cards as if coffee time with Jesus we can sit and meditate upon the word and meditate on the scripture for the day. So this morning the word is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want to leave me, besides still waters restores my soul. Psalm 23 verse 1, 3. So just think about that, as I just said and meditate upon the word of God this morning. What is he saying to you? What is he saying that he wants to share with you this morning? Um, how does he lead you and guide you besides still waters, how is he restoring your soul? And I think the important thing, he is the good shepherd, leads and guides us on a daily basis. So it's just something to think about. Also another thing I feel I want to share is also on the glory of God. So I'm busy with that as well this morning. Putting that into perspective, which also feels that we need the glory of God in our life this morning as well. So thank you for this podcast. Take care, God bless, enjoy your day. Good morning as we just want to continue with Coffee Time with Jesus this morning. Do want to share a few more scriptures this morning as we go into this day and start to stay afresh and anew with the Lord by our side this morning. And I just want to touch on another plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The Lord will personally go ahead of you, you'll neither fail you nor abandon you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. So there's something to think about this morning as we step out into the day. To start the day with the Lord. 
and he'll personally go ahead of you. And I think that's awesome because he's a very personal God. He wants to be intimate with us in all things today. Blessed to those who trust in the Lord have made the Lord the open confident. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. So I think it's also a lovely scripture. Blessed to those who trust in the Lord. So we need to trust in the Lord every day, every minute of the day. And you've made the Lord the hope and confidence. So we need to make the Lord a hope and confidence today in everything that we think, say, and do as we start this journey this morning. And the next one is from His abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. John 1 verse 16. So I think that's awesome. From His abundance. How much is His abundance? That he has for us this morning as we have all received one gracious blessing after another so how many gracious blessings have received one after another? as we think about that this morning meditate the scripture john 1 verse 16 this morning just to think about it and meditate upon it and always think of psalm 46 verse 10 be still and know it he is god and the next one is cast your burden on the lord and he'll sustain you psalm 55 verse 22 and I love that because when we cast your burden on the Lord, He will sustain us. The fact is that He carries that burden. We don't have to carry that burden. And He gives His peace, love and joy, goodness, grace and mercy. As we know, we can just rest Him. He can take care of that burden for us. No matter how big it is, we know that He's feeling that burden. And then I want to end with this one. Do not be afraid, for Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 verse 9. What a lovely scripture. So yes, I will end on that and say take care, God bless, enjoy your day. Good morning as we just want to continue with Coffee Time with Jesus this morning. Just want to share a few more scriptures this morning as we go into this day and start to stay afresh and anew with the Lord by our side this morning. And I just want to touch on another plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He'll neither fail you nor abandon you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. So there's something to think about this morning as we step out into the day. We start the day with the Lord. And He'll personally go ahead of you. And I think that's awesome because He's a very personal God. He wants to be intimate with us in all things today. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord have made the Lord the open confident. Jeremiah 17 verse 7. So I think it's also a lovely scripture. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. So we need to trust in the Lord every day, every minute of the day. And have made the Lord the hope and confidence. So we need to make the Lord a hope and confidence today in everything that we think, say and do as we start this journey this morning. And the next one is from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. John 1 verse 16. So I think that's awesome. From his abundance. How much is his abundance that he has for us this morning? As we have all received one gracious blessing after another. So how many gracious blessings have received one after another? As we think about that this morning, meditate the scripture. John 1 verse 16 this morning. Just to think about it and meditate upon it. And always think of Psalm 46, verse 10, Be still and know it, he is God. And the next one is, Cast your burden on the Lord and he'll sustain you. Psalm 55, verse 22. 
And I love that because when we cast your burden on the Lord, He will sustain us. The fact is that He carries that burden. We don't have to carry that burden. And He gives His peace, love and joy, goodness, grace and mercy. As we know, we can just rest Him. He can take care of that burden for us. No matter how big it is, we know that He's feeling that burden. And then I, then I want to end with this one. Do not be afraid, for Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 verse 9. What a lovely scripture. So yes, I will end on that and say take care, God bless, enjoy your day. Good morning this morning and we just want to look at to set people free and be free yourself. And I just want to touch on forgiveness. Whenever you walk in unforgiveness, you actually punish yourself because you sabotage your own faith. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Many Christians, when they use their power to forgive, they cause the windows of heaven to open up for themselves, receive God's promise in all areas of life, healing their souls and bodies, financial provision, relations, strengthens, you name it. And I do see in 1 Corinthians 13, however, that love forgives. As born-again believers, we all have a mandate from Jesus to forgive. With the power of the Holy Spirit working in us to enable us to forgive, and we can do it. You may be thinking of someone right now who has said or done anything to offend or hurt you. You can pray for that person right now. Pray for them like his Heavenly Father. You know this person. You love this person. You have forgiven them. If they don't know Jesus as their Savior, I pray they come to know Him soon, today by faith, because you said so. I forgive them for the hurt and pain they've caused me. I know that I'm a forgiven person and I choose to forgive them too. I set them free and I set myself free of the bond of unforgiveness. You are good and faithful to give us all our sins. And I'll not let any unforgiveness in my life keep your goodness from me. I forgive our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. When you listen to forgiveness, you feel like a burden has lifted off your mind and body off your life because it has glory to God. The first step to freedom. There's more... There's one more person you need to be sure you're forgiven. That's you. This is actually the first step to freedom once you've said yes to Jesus and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Are you holding on to your own failures and regrets? The same truth applies to you as to others. You have been forgiven. Your sins have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus because God loves you. There's nothing in His blood left uncovered, no sin too big or too horrible or too shameful. And you don't have to be bound by your own sin any more than you do someone else's sin against you. Forgiving me is just that forgiven. If you've been holding on to something in your life that has haunted you since you received Jesus as your Savior, let it go today. Go back to the prayer we just prayed and put yourself in it. God has too much to give you, too much plan for your life, for you to be held back by your unforgiveness of your own past. He has so much blessing, so much good health, so many great relationships, so much love for you to receive and to give. Don't lay down, don't lay down your power to forgive. Jesus gave it to you because he knew you would have all kinds of opportunities to, opportunities to use it. Your effective faith depends on your power to forgive. Make the decision right now that you walk and live in forgiveness. Believe the best and expect the best of every person and if they trip you up, be quick to forgive them.
and forgive yourself too. Set people free and be free yourself. Amen. And may you have the victory in Jesus' name and remember that Jesus is Lord. Good morning. I had coffee time with Jesus this morning. This time and Bob coming to love this morning. And I just want to share with you a few scriptures this morning and then I just want to touch on the glory of God and then share it with you and you can think about it and maybe just meditate upon it, hear what God's saying to you through this whole message this morning. Through this broadcast being sent out to you on Anchor Podcast. So let's just start with this one. As far as the east is from the west, so far has you moved our transgressions from us. That is Psalm 103 verse 12. The next one is, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's Ephesians 2 verse 8. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Zephaniah 3 verse 17. Trust the Lord with all your heart and not on your own understand. It's Proverbs 3 verse 5. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. It's John 14 verse 27. Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. That's Matthew 11 verse 28. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Philippians 4 verse 13. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6 verse 5. We have the soap as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hebrews 6 verse 19. Whatever you do, work heartily as for Lord and not for men. Colossians 3 verse 23. So that's just something to think about as you go throughout the day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing right now, in your life, situation, circumstances, whatever you're up to, I just want to share it with you this morning. So now I just want to touch on a few things about the glory of God and just want to share it with you as well. So let's just start with that. And just think about it as I just share this message as we're going to go from glory to glory. So we just trust that the Lord will take you from glory to glory. And you take the next level in your walk with Him. So let's start with, let's look at 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. Now as for us, we all, with uncovered face, reflecting as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are having our outward expressions changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, according to this change of expression proceeds from the Lord. The Spirit, this outward expression coming from one being totally representative of our Lord. As we look into the glory of God, love unto Him, and have our souls renewed to allow the glory to change us on the outside, our outward expression will be changed into the same image from one degree, one degree of glory to another. It is a process that we are going through. We must allow God to be God of our entire being, spirit, soul and body. Yield ourselves fully to the Holy Spirit. Live your life for God. Do what He tells you to do, whether you feel like it or not. Cause your will to be conformed to His word. When you come to a place, the glory of God will be manifested in you. You'll be yielded to the Holy Spirit. The things of God are not hard. You just have to know Him. 
how he thinks and then flow with him. You cannot do it on your own. We are being changed from glory to glory, from one degree of glory to another. How are we going to be transformed? We will be transformed by the Spirit of God. When we renew our minds, and our minds are renewed by the Word of God. We can't transform ourselves. God is the only one who can transform us. In fact, we can't even really change ourselves in a lasting way that will cause us to be transformed into His likeness. You don't change yourself by human power. You must commit to the Word, come to agreement with that Word, act on the Word, and the Spirit of God will change you. When you commit yourself to hear and obey the Word of God, the power of God through His Word will change you. Your desires will change you. You'll begin to desire what God wills. The glory of God revealed in you through His Word will absolutely transform you. When you stop struggling to transform yourself by your own fleshy efforts and just commit yourself to God's Word, through a process of time you look up one day down the road and discover that you're different. You discover that your ways of thinking have changed and worldly habits of the flesh have fallen away. Mortifying the flesh won't be the struggle it once seemed when you yielded to the transforming power of His Word. So you need to realize that the glory of God is placed in you when you are born again. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, We have this treasure, glory, in earthen vessels. God wants to bring to the surface so it can be revealed to the world. As you pursue God's word and yield to His Spirit, walking in the Spirit will become a way of life to us. Walking with Him will become as natural for us as breathing. And there's everything that the heart of God has desired for so long. You have the Spirit of God within you. Jesus is your Lord. Walk with the Lord. Obey His voice. Prepare your heart. Feed upon His Word. Listen to the Spirit of God as He speaks to your spirit. As you do, your mind will be changed to think in line with what God thinks. You accept the great and mighty move of what God is doing, but also what the Spirit of God as it comes in our day. You allow God to flow out of you in a supernatural way. You flow in the supernatural easily as a bird flies in the air. As natural as a fish swims in water, as simply as you breathe air. The supernatural will become the natural way of life for you. It will not seem far out to you as you walk in the Spirit. It will not be unnatural when signs and wonders start happening in your midst. You will be more conscious of what is going on inside you. You will be more conscious of the flow of the Spirit of God as He manifests Himself. You cannot push a button cause him to be manifest, but you can walk with him on a day-to-day -day basis. That is your part. And the supernatural is a natural way of life to you. You pray and study the word and obey. He will change you from one degree of glory to another by his spirit. God has made us a special people. So when we deeply desire to please God and to come into his complete will for our lives, so I just want to leave you with that thought and just realize what is it as you think about the glory of God today. And now I just want to touch on a few other things as well, which is to say that 
is also due to the glory of God. These are 78 scriptures about the glory of God. But obviously I'm going to just touch on a few. I won't go through the whole lot. But I'll just touch on the ones that I feel is important. Exodus 3 verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold the bush was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. This is talking about Moses. We had a supernatural encounter with God. Exodus 15 verse 11. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious and holiness, fearful and praises, doing wonders? Exodus 24 verse 15 to 16. Then Moses went up into the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days, and on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Exodus 33 verse 9 to 10. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. Exodus 30 verse 18 to 19 And he said This is now Moses talking Please show me your glory Then he said That's what, this is what God saying I'll make all my goodness pass before you And I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you Exodus 34 verse 5 to 7 Now the Lord descended in the cloud And stood with him there And proclaimed the name of the Lord the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children of the third and fourth generation. Yeah, you just see God's mercy in action. Exodus 40, verse 34 to 35. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Numbers 14, verse 21. But truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Deuteronomy 5 verse 24 And he said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we heard his voice from the midst of the fire. Deuteronomy 28 verse 58 If you not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God. So there's just a couple of things I just want to share with you. And just think of the Glory, the cloud, the presence of God just filling or coming to your life, your home, your situation, circumstance. Just think what will happen if the glory of God had to come descend upon you right now. So there's just a couple of things you need to think about. And I think we need to be open to what God wants to do. And he wants to release glory and he wants to allow his glory to come and meet with us. As we just read about Moses meeting with God. The same could happen for us today, because nothing is stopping it. 
No, we just need to get into the presence of God and sit with Him and be in His presence. And I believe He'll do so much more for us. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> this one I want to share, Isaiah 6, verse 3. And one cried to another said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of, of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And I suggest you go and meditate upon that and read upon that and pray about that and find out what is it saying to you. What does the scripture mean to you as you go through that scripture? So there are a lot of scripture about the glory that I just want to touch and share with you. So I just want to now look and go to the New Testament because that will bring us up to date because that this is what I just shared with the Old Testament but we're going to go to the New Testament now which is the New Covenant. So we'll start here and we can say Matthew 6 verse 13 For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So it's just something to think about. That means forever and ever throughout all eternity. It never stops and never ending. And this is also something just to throw in. You know, this is also who created God. I know it's a very difficult uh, that's a mystery. I don't think you'll ever know. But God says, I am who I am. So he was there from the beginning until the end. No one's above him, no one's below. No one can get around him. He is just, I am who I am. He is just God. That's just something to think about. Then Matthew 17, verse 5. While he was still speaking, this is Jesus, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, whom I am more pleased to hear him. Matthew 24, verse 30 Then the son, then the son of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they'll see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So yes, and then I found this interesting. John 11 verse 40 Jesus said to her, Do not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. John 13 verse 31 to 32 So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God has glorified him, God will also glorify him in, your, in himself, and glorify him immediately. John 17 verse 5 And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now just think of that. Think of that glory. Think of that presence. Now we're going to look at the next one here. Acts 7 verse 2. And he said, Brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Horan. Acts 7 verse 55 But he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing in the right hand of God. Just think about that for a second. I want to just 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 But we all with unveiled face beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory this is by the Spirit of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. 
have shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 21 To whom be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 12 That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. <coughs> Next one will be 1 Peter 5 verse 10 But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. Revelation 15 verse 8 The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from His power. Revelation 19 verse 1 After these things I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. Revelation 21 verse 23 The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in. For the glory of God illuminated the Lamb is its light. So those are the couple things I want to share with you. Just leave that with you. And also may you just think, think of the glory of God, the presence of God. Think of the fire of God. Think of all those things that are just coming to mind right now. And God is all-consuming God. His fire is all-consuming. So I want to leave with that thought. And this handyman Bob's signing off.